Welcome to Shift, the podcast designed to inform and educate you about weight loss. In each episode, I will interview an expert in weight loss, from doctors to dietitians, as well as people who have experienced successful and long-term weight loss themselves. It is our goal to help all our listeners get the real facts and latest knowledge on how to lose weight effectively and sustainably, plus some inspiring stories to help motivate you to start now. I look forward to joining you on the journey. Hi there and welcome to Shift It. I'm so glad you could join me for today's episode. My name is Glenis Winnett, CEO and founder of Formulite. And today I'm excited to be talking to Dr. Cameron Norsworthy, an accomplished Melbourne orthopaedic surgeon at Orthosport and senior lecturer at Monash University. We will be talking about Cameron's journey to better health, focusing on what led him to making changes and the improvements he has seen in his body and mindset. So without further ado, I would like to welcome Dr. Norsworthy. Hi, Glennis, thanks for having me. Thank you. To start with, uh, Cameron, can you Tell the listeners a bit more about yourself. All right, well, 52 now, officially through my midlife crisis. We're, gonna, <laughs> we're joking about that, but no, I'm officially through it now. Um, was always a fairly fit guy as a teenager and tried to keep pretty healthy, I guess, through my 20s. But um, once I became a surgeon and became a lot more committed to work, my fitness became a bit of a secondary thing. Mm. And you know, we're talking about weight loss, so the, my weight issues probably started when I was around about 30. and probably gained about a, a kilogram a year for quite a few years and it got to the point when I suddenly realised I was really much heavier than I wanted to be around about three or four years ago and that's when things all got started. Mm. So you reached out to me about that time, three and a half years ago, after a, a dietitian at your workplace recommended our product. What do you find was the turning point? Because as I understand it, you hadn't always been unhappy with your weight. So True. No, so it was when I got to 100 kilograms. So at my height, which is six foot pretty even, 183 centimetres, I probably should be around about 80 kilograms in weight and I got to 100 and the the sort of joke, the turning point that we talk about is, you know, when a cricketer scores 100 runs in in cricket, he raises his bat, well when I scored 100 kilograms in weight, I had to raise my bat and suddenly realised that was actually way too heavy for me and so that was the turning point. I got to 101 and couldn't believe what I saw on the scales and that's when I reached out to Meryl Bond, the dietitian you just mentioned. Yeah, so where, where do you think the unhealthy eating habits start to creep in? It's all self-inflicted. The, the, the eating at home in the home situation was actually wonderful. There was mm. always very healthy food and it was well portioned and everything. Mm. It was when I was left by myself that um, the trouble was and it was most typically at work. So as a surgeon, you sort of work solidly for an hour and then get a break when you finish that surgery and start another surgery another half an hour later. And what I was finding I was doing is grazing throughout the day whenever I was doing surgeries. I would just snack on food constantly in between cases. And most of the food was provided by the hospital catering service and, they, and they're trying to do their best and give us fairly healthy options. But it was always things like sandwich triangles and party pies and cakes and slices so I was just constantly eating fairly bad stuff through the day, eating wonderfully at home, mm, but mm. the total amount that I was eating was probably pretty unhealthy and it was this grazing habit which really, really got me. Do you find it also had a bit to do with taking on more work 
and less physical activity. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So a little bit of loss of balance there for a while, but you have to do when you're starting out mm. practice, you have to work pretty hard and mm. it took a while before I realised that the balance was not right. Mm. Did, did you experience many limitations in your physical activity, like in your work and everyday life, whilst carrying this excess oh, weight? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But of course, you don't really notice it at the time. Mm. It's only once it's gone that you really realise um, how, how bad things were. But it's not that I was short of breath or anything, but I found mm. it much harder to, I don't know, stay comfortable. I was getting hotter and sweating more and clothes weren't fitting and all those sorts of things. It was just not right for me because I'd spent my younger years considerably fitter. Mm. Mm. And it all crept up on me and got too much. What I can see is that it wasn't so much noticing a change in your clothes fitting you or things being tight, or it was more that that number on the scale that really sort well, of the, yeah, the, the absolute find. turning point was yeah. the number on the scale. Yeah. Not not that everyone sits there and obsesses over the, the number on the scale, but it just happened to be I stood on the scale one day and really got a pretty serious shock. Mm, mm. You know, what was the way you did you feel differently about your body? Did your body image change? over the years or were you more self-conscious I was, or? I was getting a bit more self-conscious and there were some sort of jokes creeping in around <laughs> like it was it actually was pretty obvious I was getting heavier mm. but I don't I don't think there was sort of disrespect or anything just people mm. were still you know it's a normal thing of aging and probably you'd even brush it off as being oh it's a normal part of aging you, mm. you get a bit heavier mm. the other thing is I, I got a fairly minor injury to my shoulder and it um, mm. it really set me back and I couldn't really exercise at all and I suddenly realized I could actually really do stuff now because I, if I can't exercise at all and then I'm gaining weight I'm going to be in real trouble so that's where I uh, reached out and what was Meryl's recommendation? What did, what did, where did she start? Did well, it was, pretty, it was pretty easy with Meryl because I know her so well f from sharing lots of patients with her. And that's, and that's the other thing. Here I am advocating my patients get fitter and lighter if they can. And I'm sending a lot of my patients to Meryl for help <laughs> when in fact it was me that needed help. So mm. it was actually quite simple with Meryl. And she, she took me f through a lot of stuff and recommended Formulite. To be honest, it was effective exactly the way she said it would be. Right. It was, I was able to use it to fully cover the problem of grazing mm. and the weight loss results were really pretty steady, exactly the way she predicted. And she told me if I can stick to it and be strict with it, I'd lose two kilograms in the first week of using Formulite and one kilogram a week after that. And that's precisely what happened. So what did a normal day look like for you? So how, how did so you structure it then? All I did it was one shake bottle, which I would prepare before I started my day's work. Mm -hmm. And I would have all my meal, everything I would normally eat instead would be replaced by one shake. And then I'd have a soup at lunch. Okay. And then when I got home in the evening or if I was out for dinner or whatever, I would just have a normal dinner. Okay. So I didn't replace all my meals with formula, mm -hmm. just my daytime ones. So it sounded like you replaced your breakfast and your snacks with the shake and then the soup for and lunch. And the soup for lunch, yeah. And you found that the soup was able to tie you yep. over and Yeah, the dinner. exact same reason, yeah. Mm, mm, fantastic. But I understand you saw the two kilos come off in the first week and you saw the weight. Does it, did you feel that that helped you to stick to the Yeah, so it's, it's, it's wonderful from a psychological point of view. You really mm. do see the benefits of the action you're taking. Mm. Um, and that was a great sort of positive reinforcement mm. for the program that I'd started.
did you did you find it hard to stick to it, or was it? Did you, did oh, sort of I guess from time to time. I, mean, I must admit, I wouldn't do it on weekends, so we're only mm. talking Monday to Friday here. But yeah. I was still able to enjoy food in the evening, so I wasn't really missing out. And of course, your evening meal, especially with your family, is a very social thing, and so mm. I wasn't compromising that at all. Mm. Maybe I was sort of cheating. I was using formula to have the meals that were way less social and still enjoying the social meals. I don't think that's cheating. You were still achieving results mm. and it, it's not a matter of cheating, it's a matter of what fits into your lifestyle and what you can maintain. Yep. And you were maintaining that sort of those eating habits yep. and losing weight at the same time. So che cheating because it made it easy, because I could, if I could stick to it during the day, mm. which did require some discipline, mm. I could then still enjoy the times when I was not on formula, the evening meals or weekends. Did this sort of eating habit start attracting attention at work? Yeah. Did oh, people yeah, start noticing? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. People who know me, and especially if they listen to this podcast, they'll say, oh yeah, I remember walking around with those shakes every day. No, they're good. They're fine. All my patients who see me, the shake sits on my desk when I'm consulting as well, not just when I'm operating, it's sitting there. And even now my patients all comment on it. They say, what is that? What's, what's that sitting there? So what, what changes did you then make to your physical activity once yeah, you decided so, to... Well, that's the other thing about the positive reinforcement is it did it did make it easier to uh, regain my physical fitness through exercise as well. My shoulder injury was long gone. I've, I got over that okay. quickly enough and then I was able to actually start exercising a bit more. And then the next phase, of course, is I took up a lot more running. But I think the weight loss had to happen first. You can't just go out and start running long distances at 101 kilograms. Yeah, I had to lose a fair bit of weight before I could start running comfortably and that's what happened. Well, you know not only as a, a person trying to do it, but also as an orthopaedic surgeon that to run with 101 kilos is probably not good for the joints, is yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A seven-footer could do it, no worries. But, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, it was not, spread not out. Not at my height, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not at your height. And so did you set yourself sort of any any goals or things to strive for? What Was there, were, were there, was there anything well, you were working yeah. towards? Well, I remember when I said I just want to get back under 90, and that really happened quite quickly. That would have been within three months I was under 90. Mm and everything was just already so much better. Well, I ended up having a big marathon training plan and spent most of 2019, because this is the year we're talking about, mm. getting ready for the New York Marathon. And on, on race day, I was 79 kilograms. So wow. it ended up being 22 kilograms. Well, once you're in the heaviest part of a marathon training program, it's impossible to gain weight. <laughs> it's pretty hard to keep yeah. it on. So a, a fair bit of that last little bit of my weight loss was all because of my marathon training mm. but I'm pretty comfortably sitting at around 83 or 84 now with um, with no difficulty and I'm not training nearly as hard as I was in 2019 at the moment mm. Mm. and so are you are you still on a shake and a super day or have you pulled that back a bit and just you've got have you now got a maintenance program so Monday to Friday is still shake and a soup but I actually do mix up a fair bit sometimes mm. I don't actually bother with one or the other because I'm too busy doing mm. something else but mm. Um, I, I don't really sit down for lunch very often. I don't, certainly don't mm. sit down for breakfast. So mm. things so. haven't changed so much from that point of view. No, so just maybe not quite as much exercise, but you're still maintaining that weight loss. Yep. And it's now you find it more of a, just a normal routine for your day rather than... I, I think it's a really mm -hmm. happy routine for me. It's just normal now and mm. it works as a maintenance for me. Mm -hmm. and, I, and it's absolutely no fuss. I just make one and go. Mm, fantastic. Did you have any setbacks along the way? Like, and oh, I suppose maybe the shoulder was a bit of an issue, but uh, other than that, and you know, how did you deal with those setbacks? I actually don't reckon I did have many setbacks. The, right. I got, oh, look, I had a bad few months last year, 
uh, where I got a stress fracture in my femur, pretty, pretty ironic oh, for an orthopedic mm-hmm. surgeon to get that. And that really did mess up my training program. So I had a bit of a harder time juggling how I was going to allocate formulite and normal food and everything while I was adjusting my training so much at that stage. Um, because the other thing you can't, I don't think you can really run 60 or 70 kilometers a week with just formulite. I, I wouldn't no. really rec- uh-huh. recommend doing that. You do need a fair bit of energy. Mm. Uh, and so that messed me up for a few months, but uh, I think we're back on track now. Fantastic, fantastic. Thank you for sharing your story with us. Is there any resource you would suggest our listeners could use to assist them with their own weight loss journey that's helped you? Well, I, I think my dietitian was an essential part of me finding formulae, but now I understand more about it. I would encourage your readers to, to work out the difference between formulae and the other products. There are obviously many, many products on the market, but from my own medical knowledge, I just wanted to keep it simple. I wanted to make sure I had all the nutrients I needed, all the protein and basic nutri- nutrition that I would need whilst trying to avoid calories and go on a fairly low calorie diet. And if that's what you're after, I think Formulite's the right product to investigate. Cameron, can you tell me more about the taste of the Formulite shakes? Do you have a favorite? Um, and ha- yeah. what, have you, what have you leaned towards? No, I, I'm willing to say it's not for everyone. Some people don't cope with the taste quite as well as me but I'm really happy with I think there's four it's possible you know which four I like more than I do but it's vanilla chocolate coffee and honeycomb okay mm-hmm. are the four I like the most mm-hmm. and I just go through them randomly whichever one's closest is the well, one I go well that's for. that's actually the majority of our range because most people will pick one or two and mm. won't like all four or five so that's that's Oh, I think, you need, I think for you. yeah. For me, I needed the variation, but they're all pretty equal for me. They're all fine. But you know, I, I do accept that some of my friends who I recommend a formulate to say, "Oh, gee, I didn't really didn't like that flavour, but the other flavours are okay and stuff." But each to their own. But anyway, they're the four that I, mm. I'm very comfortable going through. They're, they're all fine. Have you got? Are there days when you, will have a shake and not feel like it and have to just push through? Hmm. I've never thought really? of that. I, yeah. I, I'm pretty happy to say I've never regretted having a shake. I've never had a shake and gone, oh, I wish I didn't have a shake. Mm, mm. No, no, they're fine. I actually have found really quite commonly I'll get through a busy morning and realise I've only had half my shake yeah. mm-hmm. uh, and I might actually drink it quite quickly and then that would be the sort of day where I wouldn't bother having the soup then because I feel quite good for the afternoon mm. as well. Mm, mm. Um, I do recommend having the shake as cold as possible. I think it tastes nicer when it's icy. Mm, mm. So I feel my whole shake bottle with ice before I put any water in. Okay. There's ice sort of poking out the top before I start oh, putting really? water in. Yeah. Oh really? Oh wow. You've got, got yeah. a lot of ice in there. But I don't, I don't just hose straight into it. I let it sit there while I do my first surgery. So mm. by the time I've come out from my first surgery, it's melted adequately to start yeah. drinking it. And do you find that the powder mixes well in with the water when you put in that much ice? Yeah, it does. So you say just put a tiny bit of water in first before the powder and then okay. fill it up with ice and then shake it. It's fine. Okay. Otherwise, we'll just stick to the bottom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's fine. So Stir yeah, it up sometimes. What I find is I fill up my, I make my shake up in the morning just with water and powder, pop it in the fridge for 20 minutes and it comes out nice and thick. Do you, yeah. do you find it thickens up? Oh uh, yeah, def- definitely a sticker mm. when the, there's less ice in it. Yeah. Mm, it's nice chill. And what about your soup? Do you have any tips, any favourites, first of all? And so the, the three flavours are a little bit harder to discriminate between in the soups than they are in the shakes they but can be, there's yes. a veggie one a chicken one and a beef one i think and mm-hmm. no they're all good i just i randomly go through those mm-hmm. they're fine 
And you've was it um, tricky at the start to get used to scooping the yeah, little yeah, things yeah. up? So you, yeah, so you you have your soup with a with a tablespoon. Yes. <laughs> Not even a soup spoon. Yes, because they love to sink to the bottom, don't they? Yeah, yeah. The lupins are right at the bottom. That's good. That's fine. Just stir it and drink it. That's fine. The soup, the soup I have much quicker. The soup I probably have over about half an hour rather than mm. the shake would last me hours. Well, I suppose the soup forces you to actually sit down and stop, mm. doesn't it? Mm. That's <laughs> right. Yeah. And do you find the soup more satiating than the shake or is it hard to tell because the shake's taken over a number of hours? <laughs> yeah, a little hard to tell. It's, it's um, more, I use them in a different way, don't I? The, the shake is really what's preventing me from grazing mm. and I'm pretty happy to have a soup any even when I'm not particularly hungry because that's going to be around about one or two in the afternoon mm. and I just won't even touch anything else after that then I'm not hungry so they both are very effective mm -hmm. at um, taking away my hunger. Mm, fantastic. I'll be interested to see what you think of the bars because yeah. they come in two pieces um, and I found some people having one before they start work, one mid-morning and then they're fine up until lunchtime. So. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that, re that relies on more pre-planning than I'm doing at the moment. We'll see how I go. Oh, I I'm know. willing to try it. Yes, no, got to give it a go, give it a go. <laughs> um, are there any other tips that you've got for people thinking of trying shakes or a liquid diet that may have not enjoyed shakes in the past? Oh, I, th I think the real thing is to be strict with yourself. If you're going to do it and commit, well, money to it and sacrificing the things you'd normally be eating at those times of day you've really got to be strict with yourself mm. I can't see it working correct me if I'm wrong with a mix and match approach where you have your shake but still have some lunch as well or have your shake and still have a beer or something like that I just can't see that being the right way to go look I suppose it all depends on what you're having for lunch mm. so if you've got something that is not calorie dense and is high in protein low in carbs you can still maintain some weight loss but then yes you're right you can't then be splurging with um, alcohol at night or sweet treats or mm. those sort of things and maybe carbs and high carb loaded meals and pastas and things like that it's important to keep the dinner and the lunch with a lean piece of protein and some sort of you know stir fried veggies or mm. salad mm -hmm. that's sort of green um, avoid sort of your starchy potatoes and rice and pastas yep mm, okay. except in the last week before a marathon oh yeah yeah no <laughs> before a marathon you need lots of carbs it's called carb loading <laughs> definitely definitely thank you um my last question is that if you had one piece of advice to give someone to become healthier what would it be oh, what get to, <laughs> get to the right weight and, mm -hmm. and get strong you've got to, you've got to still be muscular and, and fit mm. but you've just got to get rid of excess weight mm. and what is the benefit of being muscular and still maintaining oh, strength, that strength is still very important mm. um, for for certainly your orthopedic health but for mm. most things in life and your cardiac fitness will benefit greatly from general skeletal muscular strength mm. Mm. so uh, no no it's it's not a simple just fit, fit, fix one part of the equation and everything will be right you've got to get everything right mm. Mm. fantastic look we really appreciate your time and sharing your story with our audience thank you Cameron you're welcome Gladys For listening to the show and for further information about weight loss such as recipes 
and our range of shakes and other products, please visit the Formulite website. All advice is provided.